Abed and all hope listeners, you're listening to Radio Grognard, the OSR podcast about stuff, with your host, Glenn Hallstrom. Hiya folks, Old Man Grognard here, happy Friday, hope you're all doing well. Once again, it's Friday. Well, I've been watching, well, before I get into it, let's just do a couple of plugs here. The Dungeons and Delvers Kickstarter for the Red Book is still going on. It's a good system. You ought to check it out. And of course, Eric Bloat's Survive This Vigilante City Book 3 and 4 funded within 24 hours still blows my mind. If you want to get into the goodness, it's a really great supers game. Check it out at kickstarter.com Alright, plugs aside. I've been watching Edward James Bloodworth's unboxing videos of his D&D first edition books that he bought over, over the online. And it made me start looking at mine. Um, see, I, I, as far as I've talked about collecting before, I've talked about finding the older editions, things like that. And when it comes to older editions, I pretty know, much know what's out there and, you know, what condition. I can pretty much be a, a pretty good judge of that. I prefer buying my things at a store, but, you know, sometimes you have to do it online. I have two sets of first edition, the three, the three core first edition books. I used to have just one. In fact, I had two for a while. Now I have one. Now I have two again. Oh, boy. But I was watching his unboxing videos and unfortunately I believe he wanted the second the second cover printing in other words he wanted the orange spine set and I really don't blame him because the orange spine set is really good he got he got the orange spine for the player's handbook and the monster manual unfortunately the DMG they sent him the original cover and so he's going to change that out and as far as with me I have a set of the Orange Spine, three core books, plus the Monster Manual 2. And I got those many years ago at Half Price Books. I paid 30 bucks for all three of them, which I thought was a pretty good deal. And I was happy to have them, and they're very good, and they're very useful. But I kind of yearn to have the original covers, the original, some of the original editions, as close as I could get anyway. So... A few years ago, I bought a set at North Texas RPG Con. Can't remember how much I paid for it, but when I got them home, I looked at them again, and it's like, yeah, um, let's let's try again. And I ended up selling them to half price books because they were in kind of. I mean, I don't mind beat up, okay? Like I said, my collection is a working... I try to make my collection a working collection. So it's okay if I buy some beat up books. But things like the Monster Manual, so it looks like somebody like poured a two liter of Coke over it or something because there was stains everywhere. And I don't mind a few stains, but it got to the point where I had a hard time reading it. And the other two weren't in much better shape, so I got rid of them. So this last year, I paid 40 to David Donahoe, who had a who had a booth there. Thank you, David. And I've got another set of first edition, first first cover. And looking them over, I'm kind of proud of them. I'm saying I'm kind of proud because they're not pristine. 
they are more pristine than the ones I had because these are actually legible and really good. But I can tell the I love books with age. I love it because it feels like these books have been used. But the only thing I have to do is the player's handbook. The back is coming off a little. The binding coming off the back page is coming off a little from the binding. So I got to re-glue that. When I got the player's handbook, I had to re-glue the top and the bottom because I put it in a box to take it home. I pulled it out of the box and the spine started coming off of my hands. So a little glue, a couple rubber bands. It's all, it's all good. Now I'm probably going to do the same thing with the back cover. A little glue, you know, put a little, you take a really, you take a really like long Q-tip like the doctors have, or I learned this from Tim Snyder, or you can take a really long, I go and buy one of those packs of paintbrushes, you know, like three bucks for a dozen or something. They're really crappy ones. And I just put, I put Elmer's glue on it and just run it through the spine, close it, rubber band it, and then let it reset for 24 hours. And, you know, that kind of thing, I don't mind, but I'm looking at these and they're so... They got so much... I mean, the you know, the, the edges are yellowed and it's just got so much... I, if it could talk, man. Uh, there's... Um, the Player's Handbook has a name Paul Cecil in it. It has my name in it now, but I just... Uh, Paul Cecil. A lot of my books that I bought from Half Price and other used bookstores have their people's names in them. And stuff. They have a lot more stuff in there <laughs> that I'll have to tell you sometime. I'll have to do a show sometime. But they usually have somebody's name in here. And what I do is I take and I cross it out with two lines and then write my name underneath it. Because I don't want to obliterate who had it first. Because to me, that's part of the lore of the book. In fact, the reason, one of the reasons I like these is because when I was first learning the game, and I'm talking learning role-playing, I'm not just talking about learning D&D. Because it was with that that one gal who ran us D&D long enough to play Gamma World. But when we played Gamma World, she had a first edition book that looked like it had sat on her bottom of the floor of her car for about a year. It was beat up. And, and that was from use. It wasn't from neglect. It was from use. And she called it the artifact. She said, look in the artifact. And that's what I'm feeling in these books. They're like ancient. They become, they become, the nice thing about things like first edition ADD, even second edition to a certain extent, they become what the what their subject is about. They become these ancient tomes that are just, you just go through the DMG and it's like, not only are you finding some interesting things in the first edition DMG or, in, or the other books, but you just get this feeling of, being loved and played. And some of them even have that musty old book smell, which which I love. Uh, other thing, let's see, what, what else have I seen in there? The Monster Manual has a few of those, like, Coke spots, but I can tell they're, like, on the bottom of the page and they're not very big. I can tell people have been eating when they've been using this because I see here a few of the, few of the pages in the Player's Handbook at the first was a little it, the, on the bottom I had to unglue them but I think that was because I was fixing the book and I did that myself so I'm not worried about that they're just they're just a wonder to behold to me it's there's always a feel of mystery whenever I pull these out somebody want let's play one e and yeah it's a sense of nostalgia I have a nostalgia for two e too but not as much which is ironic because I host a two e I host a two e podcast 
but it's probably the least edition I play. I play it when somebody says, okay, I'm playing, I'm running 2E, or somebody let's play 2E, then I'll pull them out. And I've got the first printings of the 2E, not the black covers, the original ones, because I find the second printing with the black covers where they rearranged everything, I don't know, something just seems off to me. It's harder for me to find stuff in that book than the first printing of the second edition. And of course, I got the Monstrous Manual with it. And somewhere in my in my garage in a box i have the monstrous compendium and a cup a lot of other you know loose leaf things like that but like i said these books are beautiful the monster manual like i said it's all right the player's handbook it's it'll do once i fix that you know the little bit of binding problem here it's going to be a, a proud thing on my shelf the dmg it's 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 weathered well let me put it that way it's still readable but i remember eric tinkar talking about if you took his dmg and dropped it on just like a, a foot and drop it on the table open it would open to page 75 which is where the attack matrices are for all the classes and the monsters and it's funny because this book doesn't do that but that those two, three pages have got to be the most yellowed and spotted pages in the whole book. Still legible, but I can see somebody dripped some Coke there. Somebody manhandled it. It looked like it had some Cheetos on the bottom. And the pages are so ye yellow compared to the other pages in the book. Yeah, I think that's a universal thing that happens. And it just delights me. They're just looking through these books delight me. Yes, they're dense. Yes, they're, you know, you've got high gygaxian in here you got to get through. But to me, that's part of the charm. That's part of the charm. And if I need to find something really fast, I'll grab, I'll, I'll grab my copy of Osric because it's close enough. And if I, I remember seeing people with things like the DMG totally tabbed. Either they had a whole bunch of bookmarks in it or they were totally tabbed to find stuff because that's the way Gary published them. So I, I'm just kind of waxing nostalgic on these books here since I got these and I was watching Bloodworth's, Bloodworth's uh, videos, which were really, really fun. I mean, he, he's a little, he's a little bit more, I think he's a little bit more discriminating than I am. Which is not a bad thing. In fact, you know, I'm looking, I'm looking, I've stood my book up here. I, I took my Dungeon Master Guide and I stood it up. And I can see, when I talk to you about the, the matrices, uh, yeah, I can see like a, <laughs> there's like a, yeah, I can see like a brownish mark in the, in the, in the pages that denotes where it is. You can always, almost like put a, take a marker and write attack matrices and then point to that mark if you wanted to do that, but I don't. So they're, they're, I mean, you can't, you can't do better than these. The reason I lean towards more first edition and basic now is the fact that I don't like, if I'm going to use subclasses, I want to use all the subclasses. And it really kind of annoys me that there's no monk, there's no assassin, there's no half-orc in second edition. Yes, you can add them, and they did add a few of them back in later supplements, but still... They're right here. And also, it's compatible with for second edition. So, you have, you, I've known people play first edition, second edition matchups before. Anyway, I'm now I'm rambling. I'm just kind of geeking out over these 
these older new books that I have. So I'm going to go start my day. And so if you want to talk to me about this or you want to wax nostalgic like me, you can drop me an email over at oldmangrognard@gmail.com, or you can drop me a voicemail on Anchor. And we are monetized, so as little as 99 cents a month, you too can support this program, and I would thank you. And thank you for all, to Oliver Shriek, Mark C. Walring, and Gilbert Soros for supporting my program. You guys are great. And don't forget Mark C. Walring's podcast, The Yawning Owlbear. It's great, too. So until I see you folks next time, keep the dice warm, and I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Questions? Comments? Send them to oldmangrognard at gmail.com. We'll see you next time when Radio Grognard is on the air.